Audi. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast. I'm Lisa Francesca Nand. I wanted to ask you a little favor, if you don't mind. If you're listening listening without subscribing please can you subscribe to the podcast so you automatically get it sent to uh, whatever podcast app you're listening on if it's apple this also helps us get higher ratings in the charts which is always fun we've often been at number one here in the uk and also charted many times in top 10 charts all over the world uh, the last counts we had listeners in about 160 countries worldwide so it's always really really nice to climb a the Apple charts if we can. Also, while you're there, it would be great if you could leave us a review as well. Obviously, a nice one would be good. It helps us. It's nice and I like it. And also, feel free to get in touch with me. I don't put an email on the website, but the best place to contact me is probably Twitter, actually. I am at LF Nand, so Lisa Francesca Nand, and also at Big Travel Pod, and uh, also on Instagram, where I do sometimes post pretty pictures that I have taken. Anyway, yes, please do subscribe if you can. That would really help us. And of course, it's free and easy to do so. So on to today's guest. Sharda Lambert, or Nanny Shars as she's known, is an international nanny for the rich and famous, work that's taken her all over the world. She's been to Tanzania, Nigeria, Oman, Greece, Italy, Spain, Switzerland, the Caribbean, all across the United States and much more, all the while looking after other people's children. She's been in private planes, had a swimming pool in a hotel bedroom, had to be escorted to the hotel reception by the Maasai due to lions and much more. Sharda Lambert on the Big Travel Podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's lovely to speak to you today. And traveling with children is something I've been wanting to talk about for a while on the podcast because it is so different since becoming a parent. I always thought I'd be the sort of parent that would strap on my kid from you know the age of a week old and go off trekking around the world and actually I'm not the sort of person that goes off trekking around the world I thought I'd miraculously change into this other more capable being but um 
it is very, very different traveling with children. And you're traveling with children as a nanny. Um, first of all, tell us, how did you get into this? Ah, so hi everyone. My name is Sharda Lambert, also known as Nanny Shards, and I am a travel nanny, international nanny. How I got into it, so I started off actually doing some babysitting for my drama teacher when I was 13. And then I realised that I absolutely love looking after children. So when I was 16, I got my first nanny job. A little bit before that, but I'll say officially 16 because that's when I was legal to work. <laughs> and uh, I was with I'm a not, newborn... I'm not going to tell the police if you're not. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I was uh, with a newborn girl and mum had just recently divorced and we were just a team between me and her. We looked after and raised a little girl um, who is soon to be a teenager and I'm just like oh my god she's a teenager and I'm just like how is that possible she's going to be 18 soon um, and I'm just like wow so yeah so I started off doing that and then um, I travelled with her and them to Cyprus when I was 16 for the first time and I literally got the travel bug from there and I was like, I love looking after children and I love travelling. Why not put the two together? So now I'm living my dream as an international nanny, travelling all over the world with children and families. How does that, how does that even happen? You know, you say I want to be an international nanny, but um, is there an agency? Did you just sort of put an advert out? How did that actually physically occur? So a lot of the families, I like to think I'm a very good nanny. So a lot of the recommendations came in from other families. Um, so with that family, I went with them to Cyprus and I obviously impressed mom. So she spoke about it to her friends and they were like, what you brought childcare with you and she was like yeah um, and they were like oh my god we need that we're going away in July or we're going away here so then eventually it started to be like I had a group of families that I would just travel with them and then um, when I started working for the nanny agencies there's actually not one that does just personally for international nannies to do all types of nannies um, but some of them involve travel so I was applying for jobs that had travel if it had travel I was a applying for those kind of jobs because some families go away every school holiday or they go away um, sometimes in, in the school term. So depending on their job and their schedule. So I was trying to actively, purposely and intentionally looking for jobs that had travel. So that's where I ended up becoming an international nanny. And then now I do a lot of ad hoc work here and there. But my main thing is international traveling with families. I think I need your help. I think I absolutely need your help. So give us a little run through. Where have you, uh, where have you been? Oh, okay. So I've been Tanzania. I've been Nigeria. I've been Switzerland. I've been Italy, Greece. Um, I've been to America, all over America. So San Francisco, Washington, D.C., New York. Been to Spain, all over Spain as well. Ibiza, Parma, most of the Canary Islands I've been to as well. Um, so normally when I go away with families, they travel like they do it all in one so they might go to Spain first and then go to Italy so things like that really really definitely help because then I get to kill two birds with one stone and see two different countries in one holiday this is a well I'd say a dream job but you also have to look after children along yeah. your way what is the most difficult aspect of that the children are not actually the difficult ones sometimes it's the parents honestly <laughs> <laughs> it's the parents with all their demands and I'm like your children are safe they're having fun that's the main thing they're healthy but yeah sometimes children it really depends because if you look after a child from the UK and then you go away with them that's super easy because you already know what the child's like but sometimes I meet parents at the airport so that one's a bit different because you You've met the family either Zoom or, you know, face to face for a few hours, but you've not actually looked after them 
um, like, you know, for the whole day. So that one can differ um, because every parent has a different parenting style. Sometimes it doesn't go in alignment with your style of working but it's just about being flexible and adaptable and remembering that this is their holiday not yours so you need to make sure that they're having the best time and they're creating great memories what's been your worst experience of children when you're away uh worst experience was my most recent one in switzerland (laughs) i had three children on my own and i had to share a room with them and i didn't find out until the day before and i was not happy about that because normally when i travel i have my own room and my own bathroom because um, I need to wind down, especially when you're looking after children. Yeah. Also, in another country, it is quite tiring. So I do like to get my sleep or go to bed early. But if you're sharing a room with three children, without your knowledge, I hardly got any sleep on that trip. <laughs> so I was very tired. Um, that has been my worst experience. And also, I am a black nanny. Um, I'm Jamaican. I was born in the UK, but I am Jamaican by uh, heritage. And I did experience some racism out there, which wasn't very pleasant. Mm. So that as well was like my worst experience. I have no desire to go back to Switzerland. <laughs> I did like the well, skiing. Like, oh, yeah. So, so you get to do things like yeah. that. You get to do things like ski and join in with the family. Yeah. Yeah. You must have learned an awful lot of skills. You yeah. Know, you're away with like wealthy families. You know, I can't ski, can do a bit of snowboarding, but yeah. you, might, you know, you've got to keep up with them, haven't you? you absolutely. Know, that- absolutely. A lot of families, though, are, are looking, you know, for companies like Verbo because they love doing holiday rentals where they can have the whole. Uh, accommodation to themselves so when I travel with them we tend to be in a holiday rental which has a pool or a tennis court or you know an outdoor space that's gated and all the family can be together so it's really nice because sometimes the grandparents come they have me there as well and then the parents can you know have a break and relax near the pool I can take the children out so it's really really cool to have that experience. So the company you're promoting today, I'm totally up for like giving them a plug because uh, I do this sort of stuff as well. I've done press cha- days when I'm chatting to the press and, um, you know, everyone needs a bit of a boost every now and then. So you're promoting Verbo, is it? And what yeah. do they do? Holiday Let's. Yes. So Verbo are the family, the global experts in the family holiday rentals. They've been around for 25 years and their main aim is about bringing families together and helping families to travel better together. A lot of my um, nanny families actually use Verbo. So I was very 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 familiar with the brand anyway and um, they have some amazing homes on their website um, so if you do want to go away and have a, you know rent a holiday rental definitely go to verbo that's vrbo.com they're amazing um, and you know when you book with them you can book with confidence and it's guaranteed that you're going to go into a very clean home um, they a lot, all the holes follow COVID-19 regulations and um, guidelines so when I go away and stay in a holiday rental, I always feel really safe because it's like a home away from home. With the website, the good thing about it is that you can filter what you want. So it's very detailed as well. So you can put if you want a stairgate, you can put if you want a villa or you want an mm. apartment or if you want a cabin, whatever it is, what kind of you know accommodation you're looking for, you can filter it out. So you can just get to what you're looking for a lot quicker. So yeah, I really, really enjoy uh, Things it. like that are really important when you're traveling with children. You know, suddenly things like a stairgate. I, I've got a house in, in Spain. I put a stairgate in there, a wooden yeah. one I got specially made. It makes me sound a lot posher than I am. Um, <laughs> we had to get a stairgate specially made and I've just rented it out to a couple with, with kids and they're overjoyed that there's a stairgate there. Yeah. You know, a lot of times in these in these houses abroad, you've got beautiful marble on the floor and you do not, when you're suddenly a parent, you're like, oh my God, I do not want my kid like falling over on that marble floor. So absolutely. yeah, I, I absolutely get that. Yeah, it needs um, to be child friendly, definitely child friendly. 
it's all those things when you travel with children, you think that nothing's going to change. And, you know, some people do manage to sling their kid on the backpack and go trekking around the pole. But suddenly, you know, for me, as soon, when I became a parent, I was very anxious about their health and safety. Yeah. Um, and uh, it made me want to go back to familiar places, to places that are set up and, and ready for you. So I totally get that. Yeah. So let me, I know we touched on it. We're, we're just, we're not going to touch on all the, all the bad stuff, but yeah, there, you know, there is a, a thing about racism um, when when we travel. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm mixed race, half Asian and half English. And generally that gives me sort of like a milky brown complexion that I can fit in with like a good swathe of the, the world. So people, if I go to South America, people think I'm from there. If I go to India, people think I'm from there. If I'm going, you know, to North Africa, people think I'm from there. Yeah. Um, but tell me, like, because, you know, unfortunately there is a... Um, a lot of racism even in travel actually there's yeah. a lot of racism if you if even in the UK if you look at travel adverts you know where are the black families advertising yeah. things a lot of the time you know yeah. so tell me tell me about your experience with that and also about this experience in Switzerland yeah so representation definitely does matter and that's one of the reasons why I put myself on a public platform because um, I'm an international nanny I want other people to see that look like me to see that they can do it as well. So um, in Switzerland, it was quite a weird experience. I went into a train carriage and everyone walked out. And it sounds quite <laughs> funny, but at the time I was like, oh, did I miss something? And maybe I thought because I was with three children, you know, they were quite boisterous and they were playing and stuff. So well, maybe they just want like some quiet time. But then um, she was like, oh, we want to go in the other carriage. So I was like, okay, we'll go in another carriage because one was on was now empty. Gone into the other carriage and then everyone one by one was like getting off. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then there was loads of stairs and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, no. Um, so I just, I just felt very uncomfortable out there. I suppose also it's a good exposure to such things for the children you're actually getting going away with. And I'm assuming this kid at this point, they were white kids, but it's still hurtful, isn't it? I had like kids can be unintentionally cruel. Even my, my little, um, my seven year old who's blonde and blue eyes, yeah, mysteriously enough. Well, not mysteriously, his dad is and, and my mum and my mum, you know, he's got three grandparents with blue eyes. It's only my dad who's very, very dark. And uh, he said the other day, he made a joke about like a muddy puddle and said something about my face. And I was like, hang on a sec it's like one you're seven you don't know any difference so it was a good opportunity to say something but two actually brought back all the hurt that I had from childhood about not being pretty enough to play fairies in my very white middle class school in in the north of England and you know it did bring that back so I suppose I'm just again going back to the the children you're nannying which I probably quite unjustifiably just assumed they're white kids not you know, all. Maybe it's I worked for no, exactly, many different families. All, yeah. I worked for a Punjabi family recently, which was an amazing experience. Just being immersed in their culture and, you know, they are big foodies. So I was getting fed. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, you know, the grandma came over and cooked us loads of different Indian dishes, um, loads of curries, which I was very excited about. So, uh, yeah, I have a range of families that I work with. Um, they're not all white. I have black families, Jamaican, African. I worked for a Nigerian family. So yeah, it's not that. To be honest, the racism is very rare, very, very, very rare. But it does happen. Um, but for me, I use it as a learning experience for the children. They were very mm. concerned, and why does everyone keep moving, Shada? And I just had to explain to them when we got back to the hotel what was happening and stuff like that. But you know, it didn't ruin the holiday. Um, I come from a big family. I'm one of six, and so when we go away on holiday we want to be all together so that's that's my preference as well a lot of the families that I do work with 
do prefer to go down the holiday rental route. But, you know, some of us do go into hotels as well. But um, that's definitely my preference. I do love a hotel when I'm on my own. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. when I'm on my own. Yeah, oh my God. I, I love yes. a hotel. But if I'm going with like a group of people, I'm definitely going down the holiday rental route. You mentioned like some incredible places you, you've been to with your job as an international nanny. Where's been like the most memorable trip for you? Um, I have many. I have many. One of my favourites was Washington, D.C. because I went with my nanny family. My So in the nanny community, you say mom boss. So the person that you work for is your mom boss and your dad boss. So my mom boss, um, her brother was getting married. I was able to be in the wedding with the children. They were page boys. It was so cute. And that was one of my favourite experiences because it was it was a holiday for them, but they made me feel very included. So that was really nice. And then again, I think I mentioned it before, went um, to Tanzania on a private jet. That was a cool experience. And we went on a safari and it was just amazing. There was three children. I had a toddler, a preschooler and a, and a school age child. And it was just three different ages that all had different experiences. You know, they learned about the Maasai tribe and how to make toothbrushes and, you know, how to make mud pies and things like that. It was just so cool. Um, so that was a great experience for me. We looked out the window and there's lions and monkeys and elephants. And um, at the time, my nanny child, the toddler, was like animal crazy. So she was in her element. She was so, so happy. <laughs> Oh, and also going on a private jet. I mean, these are, I was going to say these are experiences money can't buy, but they actually are exactly the experiences money can buy, just to shed loads of money. Yeah. I've never certainly been on a private jet. Uh, if anyone's listening and wants to rectify that, you're very welcome to take me on one. But what was that experience like? That's incredible. It was amazing. Um, the family had their own jet, so it, they had like double beds on there and um, I, I would just still in the routine uh, keeping the routine for the children so when it was bedtime we'd go to sleep but the, the you know the children are very used to that lifestyle but um, you know I don't always work for wealthy families I do specialise in um, high profile families and celebrities but I also work for you know doctors and teachers and police officers judges so yeah it, it was a great experience but it also I've, some of the best experiences I had have been like being on a commercial flight going to a normal holiday in Spain mm -hmm. um, so when I went to Ibiza with an actress and um, that was a great holiday that I had um, you know the children were really into like the sea life so we was collecting crabs in buckets and stuff like that so it was just it was a really really great experience Give us an idea of some of the uh, the job roles that these celebrities are doing like for example uh, I'm guessing the private jet is actually probably a, a, a not a celebrity but a uh, because celebrities aren't necessarily as rich as you think they are. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Um, but um, the private jet people, what, what do they do? How do they get that shit? They were in oil. Um, they were yeah, in oil. So, yeah, they were in oil and they were investors. So, yeah, that, that's what they did. And uh, the, celeb the sort of celebrities you've worked for, again, uh, you can't name names, but, yeah. but who are they? Like, describe. Funny you know, enough, like a I have a performing arts background, right? Um, and I always find I gravitate to actresses or singers, people in the entertainment industry, so produ TV producers, um, production managers, people that are like behind the scenes, directors and stuff like that. Um, I tend to, or people that work for social media companies as well, like the CEOs and things like that. So I tend to have quite a lot of those. I have a lot of lawyers as well, a lot of financial 
people, people in the financial industry and a lot of lawyers. Yeah. I don't know why. Totally should have gone into that job, I yeah. should have thinking, you know, rather than travel. Not you, but me, any, any of us. Totally should have got that law degree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my friend has a law degree. She don't even use it. I'm like, seriously? But yeah. They earn loads of money, don't they? Not yeah. all of them, guaranteed. A lot of work. But, um, have you? Yeah, a lot of work. A lot of hours, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to put the hours in. I just want to be independently wealthy without yeah. having to work for it. So anyone really, really, really super high profile? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, a lot. And it's it's a weird experience working for someone that's very high profile because you go to the airport and you get mobbed and <laughs> it's like people are like stopping for, you know, autographs, pictures. And when I'm working for a lot of high profile people, I just feel really sorry for them. I really yeah. do. I'm just like, how do you do this? Because I, I like my privacy. I couldn't I, like outside and like 100 people are trying to talk to you at one time and you know you go to the toilet people ask for pictures and you're just like I just need to go toilet like so yeah um, (laughs) a lot of very high profile but some of my favorite families have just been like the everyday normal middle class family I had, was able to go, I was in Los Angeles a few weeks ago, just seeing my brother who lives there. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to be upgraded to Virgin Upper Class. Oh, um, nice. Which was just the most amazing experience. Like it being is. in, I was on my own. Yeah. Uh, being in the lounge, you know, drinking champagne in yeah. the lounge and then the flat bed. And it just felt, the whole journey itself felt like, I felt like a holiday before I even got off the plane yeah. on the other side. I felt like I'd had a holiday. It was incredible. Absolutely. And you think that's pe- some people's norm- normal, you know, that's yeah. how they always travel. Absolutely. You know what? Working as a travel nanny has opened my eyes so much. I know like the ins and outs of an airport. Working with a high profile family, most of them don't walk through the actual airport. They go around the back. Yeah. So, um, you know, being in the lounges, um, you know, just sitting at the lounge 10 minutes before your flight, you're being, you know, escorted to the flight. People come and pick up our luggage from the house you know and you're like what <laughs> this is this is crazy so they put the luggage from the house and they check you in at the airport so you just need to turn up basically and when you have children that's so convenient obviously I know this is not everyone's everyday experience but we're talking about the high profile side of things but um yeah no the lounges are amazing some of them have soft plays so that's really great for the children you know and uh they have reading rooms or you know rest calm rooms and stuff like that so when the baby needs a nap that's very handy um so yeah i love going to airport lounges um i'm not a fan of the airport but i like the lounges 100 percent, especially when you have children oh when you have children absolutely and you know i would i'm totally a fan of the airport now ever since lockdown i was at gatwick yesterday reporting for the bbc on television um about the reopening of the of the airport and i was almost in tears like Honestly, I was choking back tears when I saw the South Terminal open again because I went through there a few months ago and it was all, I want to say boarded up. It didn't literally it have quiet. boardings, but it had closed signs yeah. and it was dead. And to see it like that was so eerie. And yeah. it just reminded me of the emotional aspect of, of travel and mm-hmm. being at an airport is part of that. You know, when you see people arriving and hugging each other, when you see like lovers crying and mums and dads and children as they're saying goodbye and they're not going to see each other for months, when you think of that, the emotional involvement of travel and that's something that that people forget about you know during pandemic and people are going oh you shouldn't be going on holiday well one there's no shame in wanting a holiday but two you know travel is about more than just a holiday it's about friends and family and people being separated from the places and the people they love and it's so wonderful for me anyway to see that reopening again Absolutely. Me too. I, I've been very fortunate um, to travel throughout the whole pandemic. So I, 
I also worked throughout the whole pandemic as well. So mm. the, I've been so busy. I'm, all, I'm quite always busy before, but it went like 10 times more during the pandemic. So I've been very fortunate to be able to still work, still have a job um, and still be able to travel with families. Um, and it, it's, it's really funny because I find, like you said, when you when I went to I went to Jamaica in December and the um the South Terminal was closed and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> this is very weird. But you know what? I'm really happy that it's open. Everything is opening again. You know, a lot of families are looking forward to going away for Easter. You know, a lot of the um, popular destinations are like uh, Palmer's in the Canary Islands, uh, Malaga, which is a place I've been and I absolutely love. Um, Pharaoh in um, Portugal. Um, so Spain, Portugal, Cyprus. Um, Kissing me in the US, a lot of people are looking forward to go there as well because that's where really? Disneyland. Yeah, because that's where Disney Disneyland is, Disney World. Oh, um, so, yeah. so Florida. Yeah, guess, yeah. so Florida. Mm. Yes, sorry, um, I know the actual place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and France. So a lot of people are trying to get away internationally. Still, a few people that are a bit more cautious and want to stay in the UK. So obviously, Cornwall and Devon are still on the list of um, staycations. So it's really up to the family and what they feel comfortable doing. But a lot of people are planning on going away so they did a survey right. and I was I wasn't shocked by it there was like 70% of parents that said they were looking to go away so I was like I weren't shocked by that at all <laughs> no no absolutely I think there is the absolute demand so you went to Jamaica recently you said your yeah. family are, are from Jamaica tell yeah. me about them yeah my family are amazing they're just the whole vibe <laughs> that's what I like to call it their whole vibe they're just really good vibes um very happy people big feeders um, we love to dance, we love to play music. And like I said, my mum was a single mother of six, so that was oh very God. hard for, yeah, yeah, crazy woman. And we're all two years apart as well, like 20 months, two, 24 months apart. So we're all really, really close and we do like everything together. It's very normal for us to all go to a party and we're all there on the dance floor and people are like, you all look alike. And we're like, yeah, we're siblings. Um, so yeah, and my family's very close. Here. Yeah, I've got a big family and there's nine grandchildren, no, probably more than that now there's probably like 11 probably. <laughs> yeah there's, last time I counted there was 9 but I think we've added a bit more to that so there's anywhere between 11 and 14 grandchildren I'm also a godmother to um one of my old nanny children so that's great as well I've got four godchildren so yeah my family are they're very Caribbean <laughs> Who first came over to the UK from? Um, it was my grandparents. So my granddad came first, then he um, brought my nan over, um, and then they settled in Birmingham. So that's where I was born and bred. Um, so they step and they settled in Birmingham, and then I moved to London when I was five with my siblings and my mum and dad. And then I've been in London ever since. But I have lived in other places. I lived in San Francisco for a bit as a nanny, working for twins, toddlers. I was in Oman for a bit again with twin toddlers. Uh. So yeah, I've managed to go all over, but there's still many, so many places still on my list to go. What happens when you go home to Jamaica? Do you still have family there? Yeah, I really do. I have, um, my auntie's got land out there and they're building houses. The two houses built already. So I've never actually stayed in a hotel in Jamaica and I really need to because every time I go, yeah. it's just like I go to family or family friends and it just feels like home. But I really want to try the tourist side of things. I did it when I first went a few years ago, but I didn't stay in a hotel again. I stayed with friends. So yeah, um, when I go back to Jamaica, it's just amazing. I love the fact I can eat fruit from the tree. Everything's really fresh. The weather's always beautiful. It just puts you in a really good mood just to have sun every day. What's been the most um, opulent 
place you've visited on you mentioned Oman there what's the yeah. most opulent place you've visited on your travels you know what funny enough it was Tanzania we had a pool in our bedroom it was insane <laughs> I was like hold on why is there a pool in the bedroom there was a pool like a, we had your own private pool with each room and that was um, a five star four seasons in Serengeti it was oh beautiful. I love the four seasons so it much was... I've stayed in a few of them through work I absolutely love them oh really seasons. I've never been in one so that was my first time and I was like whoa this is incredible the service the people you know um, we weren't allowed out of our rooms at night because lions like roam the area um, so we had to call like the Maasai so the Maasai would escort us to reception and I was like this is so cool like I was like oh my god so yeah that's been my most opulent but again um, Nigeria was amazing as well like Nigeria was up there with um, a very opulent um, experience and just staying in houses with lifts I'm like what you have a lift in your house so like you know that was those two Tanzania and Nigeria were the two that were I think were the most opulent for me Tell me a little bit more about the Nigeria experience. Okay, so in Nigeria, we um, stayed at the grandparents' house and um, it was just, it was a bulletproof house. It was amazing. It was just um, very big, very, just had everything you needed in the house, you know, um, chefs, housekeepers, cleaners, um, and the granddad really liked animals. So there was loads of budgies and stuff. And that experience was, it was great because... It just made me see life very differently. Um, I didn't grow up, you know, with much, but my mum did the best she could to provide for all of us. So I just had loads of moments in Nigeria where I was like, wow, these children are so blessed and they don't even know it. Um, and the weather was amazing. Everyone was really friendly, really accommodating. And I was lucky I was able to stay in a holiday rental and a hotel when I was out there. So I got the experience of both. So it was really, really, really good. Do you have any trips lined up for the future? Or, I do. You know, I'm going to Amsterdam jobs? tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> nice. going, well, I'm lying. I'm going to Amsterdam today, like 2.30 in the morning today. I'm going to Amsterdam. And then I am going to America for the whole of April. So I'll be travelling to Austin, Texas first. And then I go from there. Where do I go? I go to Chicago. I go to Miami, then Washington, D.C., then New Jersey, then New York, and then back to New Jersey and then back to London. So, yeah. That's, my That's amazing. You yeah. know, one, I want your life, but two, I want to be able to to be able to take you with me to look after my kids. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You can. You go on my website, I'll book me if you want. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. Oh, it's so nice having you on the podcast. I'm going to ask you my last question now. Yeah. My last question is always about music. Yeah. Because to me, music and travel very much go hand in hand. Absolutely. Um, and I'm going to ask you to name, if you could name one song that reminds you of a special moment, time and place of travel. What is that song and what is the memory and moment? I would say Bob Marley, One Love. And that's because my, I love Bob, Mar- Bob Marley, so I always play it when I cook and everything. So my nanny children like know the words and everything. <laughs> it's all Bob Marley songs. <laughs> and we were in the car on holiday, I think we were in Spain. And Bob Marley came on the radio and my one of my nanny was like, turn it up. He was only two. He's like, turn up the music, driver. It was so funny. And um, we was all just singing along to it in the car. And it just was one of my favourite moments because I just was like, this is amazing. Like, these children have been brought up and they, they experience a different culture, like, you know, Jamaican culture with the music and stuff. And they were just singing a song like, One Love, and all of us were singing and was dancing. It was just a great experience. And I, I always remember that because 
they're now a bit older and I'm like we always they always say to me Shah did you remember we were in the car and we were singing Bob Marley like they never forget that so I know that was like a really good moment for them but it was also a great moment for me too it sounds amazing Bob Marley to me is sunshine pure yeah, sunshine yeah. if I'm a beach bar in a beach bar I want to be listening to Bob Marley absolutely and funny enough I'm trying to um, I could probably do with you I could do with super nanny actually it sounds like you are a bit of a super nanny because my kids still sleep in my bed and they're, not, they're nine and seven yeah um, so I realise I need to get them out of my bed soon yeah uh, so maybe you can pop down here to Brighton I know it's not very exotic but one thing we're doing in bed at night at the moment is listening to music it's meant to be good night music but yeah. It's also like me exposing them to lots, lots of different music. Yeah. And, um, you know, I make sure I try and bring a lot of music from different races, from women, because a lot of music they listen to is very male oriented. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to do all those sort of things. But one of the songs that we do uh, sing to quite a lot at night is Three Little Birds. Yeah. Uh, Bob Marley's Three Little oh, Birds. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Is that, that the name so of the sweet. song? It is. Is there another name? No, it no, no. Is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. And it's funny enough because yeah. I am a, also a specialised in sleep training and potty training. But your children are a bit too old for me to sleep train. So, I know. <laughs> but you what know what? What should I do? What, what is you your advice? What? How do I get them out of my bed? I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm codependent as well. I am yeah. Codependent yeah, it did sound a bit like that. I was going to say, mm, there's a bit of codependency there. But you know what? Your children yes. are never going to be this young ever again. So just enjoy it enjoy it you yeah. know if it's starting if it's really affecting your sleep then you know you might need to start but you know they're never going to be this young again once they become teenagers they're going to be so uninterested in sleeping in your bed <laughs> you know, they're gonna be, they want to be with their friends they want to you know they want to play with their friends they want to go out and do stuff so just embrace this time with your children because they're never going to be this young again and that's what I say that's lovely yeah. that almost makes me cry because I did have a sleep trainer and it yeah. did work I had a sleep trainer when my little one was one years old because he yeah. was waking 10 times a night and Oh, yeah. to sleep and I I was getting no sleep at all and yeah. you know the sleep training worked um but then after a while we sort of fell back into it and like I said he's almost 10 and his brother's seven and the yeah. three of us are in bed like uh oh, like something you. up Charlie and the chocolate factory it's probably just and, a comfort uh, it's probably a comfort they probably could yeah. sleep on their own but they don't want to so you know yeah. maybe you can introduce it that way, so it's fine like yeah. you said they're not going to be 15 and wanting to sleep in my bed absolutely so. not and but you can just those introduce are lovely it. words for all yeah. the parents who have co-slept and felt bad about it and don't. you know creating a rod for their own back and all of that it's really there's a lot of pressure on on people when they've got tiny babies to get them to sleep. And it's lovely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like if you want to do it, great. But it is hard work. It's emotional uh, getting them out your bed. And also, yeah. eventually, they will grow out of it. I mean, maybe when he's 10. Thank you so much for listening to The Big Travel Podcast. And thank you in advance for subscribing if you're not already subscribed. We'll be back with more amazing guests very soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.